Yes, definitely making better choices. I'm much more confident in the products that that I bring in. This this Q4, I brought in some new products on both of my brands, and I would and, and they were all successful. One has not been as successful, uh, but it, you know, still selling regularly. And the others have sold so well, and no reviews on those products. It's just the massive. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Hey, just wanted to jump in and talk about two sponsors. Um, first off, is Scope um, from Seller Labs. You hear me talk about it a lot because we use it a lot. And again, if if you're thinking, "Hey, how do I make my listing better?" Well, the best place to look is the listings that are performing well. And Scope will allow you to do those reverse ASIN lookups. Use that reverse ASIN, look up what's working for them, and then emulate it. Figure out how to fine-tune yours, and you're just going to get better and better and better. Look at Reverse look up yours, and you're going to see your best performers, right? Duh. But then just get rid of those low-performing and put better words in there and just fine-tune it. Test, try, and see what happens. And then when it see results keep tweaking and then just go through every one of your listings and you're just going to have um, so much success. So sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks and uh, tell them I sent you because it's just an awesome thing. Um, I'm very fortunate to be connected with these guys, but I just love what they do. And that's why. Second thing um, in this episode, you're going to hear me talk with uh, LeBron Hirschkorn about amazing freedom and their upcoming course. And it's not out yet, and I'm going to be putting it in. If you subscribe to my newsletter, you're going to see I'll, I'll put in links um, for the uh, affiliate code that I have because it is an affiliate code, um, and they do pay me, so I'd never hide that. However, it um, doesn't cost you an extra dime. And the beauty is if you decide to use my uh, service, um, I'll prep your first order for you. Um, you can send it right to me at my warehouse. You can send it either by air freight. I have an address for that, or I can have a loading dock. I can receive it, and I'll help prep your first one. I'll do a cursory inspection for you, uh, look for anything that's damaged, take images, send it to you, and then help you figure out the best way to package it to get it in, and I can turn it around really quick. It'll be me, my wife, and my son personally handling it, and we're confidential. We don't tell anybody anything. Uh, we don't let anybody see your stuff. Very, very cautious. So in order to get on that list, and they haven't opened the course yet, is send me a private message saying that you're, you're interested in it, and I'll, uh, as, as the information comes up, I'll send it to you, and then we can, we can talk about it. Again, uh, no strings, um, and it'll be me looking out for you. And so, uh, again, there's no extra cost for you. I do benefit, so not hiding that fact, but I think it's pretty cool. So, anyway, that'll be uh, with Amazing Freedom. Their course is going to launch, um, I think it's in January. And, man, oh, man, you see the people having so much success. I just believe in it so much. So, again, just private message me, and then we'll talk about it. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. This is Episode 365, Laron Hirschkorn. Oh, man, oh, man. When I sit back and I think about how far uh, businesses that I've seen that I know what they sell and, 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 and know the little bit of inner workings, how far they've come, um, Laurent's products and his examples, um, his brands have, have just leapfrogged others. Um, and it's intentional. And we talk specifically about a lot of it and what it takes and the investment of time. Right? When you think of capital, most people think of money. But your time is capital, and you really need to be cognizant of how much you have and how much you really can afford to give out because 
there's so many other moving pieces to this business. And again, I think he's such a good example of someone that's really figured out the pieces he's going to work on and he's going to maximize his efforts on it. And it's really, it's interesting for me, some things I thought I knew, I have no clue. And uh, I guess that's like a lot of things, but it really, really comes out and he does such a great job on it. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. We're excited about today's returning guest because it's been two plus years since we've done an interview interview with background stuff. Um, but his business has grown phenomenally. I think as a person though, or as a seller, let me say it that way, he has grown phenomenally and, uh, has really, has really taken the lead in helping so many other people become better sellers. Leron Hirschkorn. Oh, sorry about that, buddy. Welcome, Leron. Thanks for having me on. Glad sorry. to uh, be back. Sorry to butcher, butcher. Uh, I, was, I had 18 thoughts. Uh, you bring that out in me, though. Uh, oh, by the way, Leron's nickname is Yoda, just so everybody gets that out there. We call him Yoda. We send him Yoda pictures um, because, you know, it's a weird position for you to be in, um, but you do get the most technical high-end questions of anybody I've ever seen. Is that your experience? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of other smarter people than me that know the you know technicalities in, in and out, but uh, I do tend to get technical questions, and uh, I guess I, um, I guess I'm proud of the fact that that uh, a lot of the time I'm able to. Uh, know the inner workings of, uh, you know, Amazon. Well, I mean, that comes with experience, right? I mean, that's just, yeah. you know, it's funny. I'm sitting there thinking about this. You know, you have two main product lines now, uh, two brands in essence. Yet, how many have you uh, launched products, stopped, walked away from, even though they were successful? I mean, how many would you say? definitely a bunch of products that I launched that I walked away from. And one thing that I'm going to be doing very shortly is I'm going to be doing a SKU analysis of everything this year that I've sold, every single SKU that I have, and look back and kind of weed out, you know, if a product didn't sell enough, then I'm not going to replenish that product into 2019 because I think there are better opportunities. So, you know, if a, if a product didn't do at least, you know, let's say 3000 a month in sales average throughout the year, that product is is not going to be replenished, even though it's, you know, it could be like a, a single. Uh, I just don't want to have money tied up in things that are not moving fast enough. So I think it's uh, one of those things that if you haven't had enough of those, you probably haven't taken on uh, enough risk in terms of launching new products. How do you get past the emotional attachment? I mean, maybe, maybe it's because you've done so many, but it, that's definitely, I mean, I think about some of the, my, not even singles, they were not even ground rule doubles. They were just out. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still emotionally attached to them. There's a sexiness to it. It's like, oh man, I created that. How do you get yes. past that? So I definitely have an emotional attachment to my brand. So I would, you know, I would say that, oh, you know, and, oh. and, and even, you know, considering and I'm looking at in 2019 to uh, sell one of those brands and I'm working around, you know, optimizing margins and, and everything else. And I, I feel like it's almost uh, to sell the brand. It's almost bittersweet because you've worked to build this thing and you're kind of giving your baby away. So I definitely have an emotional attachment to, to my brand. 
But within my brand, you know, if I have a product, a particular product that's just not performing as well as others, and I feel like there's better opportunity, I don't feel that same sort of tie into that particular product. I, I guess for me, I'm more attached just to the brand that I created, and I'm okay letting go of things that aren't, you know, you know, that aren't sort of the eighty, you know, the eighty twenty, right? And I guess probably everybody has this within their within their brand. You know, I have the five products out of the 30, let's say that are the key drivers. And I keep trying to add to that list. Hmm. And the only way to do that is by weeding out the ones that are not and, and, you know, trying to add more or focus more on the things that are working well and trying to add to that list. But I don't feel, I don't feel as emotionally tied to a particular uh, product per se. I think that's, that's the the best explanation because it's definitely, products when, you know, because I haven't really created a big brand. And so that makes sense, right? Or even two similar items to create that brand. So that makes perfect sense to me is that fall in love with the brand, not the product, and then, you know, really put your effort into it. Because I would think the things that you're walking away from, they're, they're not failures, they're learnings, right? I mean, the things that you've taken away, you've gotten smarter now, you're better, you're making better choices. Yes, definitely making better choices. I'm much more confident in the products that that I bring in. This this Q4, I brought in some new products on both of my brands, and I would and, and they were all successful. One has not been as successful, uh, but it, you know, still selling regularly. And the others have sold so well, and no reviews on those products. It's just the massive demand in Q4. One of them is particularly seasonal for Christmas that, you know, is already sold out at this point. So I didn't, I wasn't super aggressive because I, I didn't know how I would do it. And I knew it's particularly a Christmas item. So I didn't want to hold it till January. So I was more conservative. And then next year I'll be able to sort of double down on that. But yes, you get much more confident in the products that you're, you're bringing in. You get to understand your niche much better. Uh, and yeah, as far as letting go of products, there's, there's also some products that, you know, maybe two or three years ago were doing a little bit better for me. Um, and now, you know, they're not in vogue as much. So I'll, I'll weed those out, especially one of my brands in the clothing niche. So there's a little bit more to that in in the clothing niche. Uh, but also, uh, you know, in the beginning when I started, if a product was doing two or 3000 a month, that was great. It's generating some cash flow and it's doing well. But I feel like as you get more experience and you start having products that are doing 10,000 plus a month, you want to try to add on more of those types of products because, and, and it's just a business decision because I don't want to have inventory sitting in a third party warehouse that, you know, just moves really slowly. It costs me more money to keep that inventory, et cetera, as opposed to finding more of those types of products that just move more regularly, faster and just do better. So I think part of any business is just weeding out the bottom and trying to, you know, move more things to, to the top and or adding new products. And especially with Amazon, I think launching new products is a way, one of the ways to be successful, especially if you're doing some innovation or some design changes and other people are trying to copy you. You're kind of ahead of the game always when you're launching new products. It leads me to two questions that made me think about. One, do you benefit from the brand? Do your new products, because you're only working on the two brands, do new mm-hmm. products benefit because of your brand being so well established now? In some aspects, yes. So there's a few ways that you can sort of leverage that. One, if you're adding a variation to an existing listing that's already getting traffic. So that's, you know, whether or not you have some brand 
you know, searches, people searching for your brand on Amazon. So that's one way. Uh, but even even not, then yes, there are people that are searching for my brand name. Uh, you know, I don't do like a ton of social media, but we post on social media every week for both of our brands on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and, you know, do have uh, a small audience there. So I do see searches like when it comes to my sponsored product ads, I do see like in the search term report converting terms when people are people searching for the brand name. So that's kind of cool to see. So so new products can have visibility by people searching that. And the other part is using Amazon storefront. So if you have a if you have brand registry and somebody clicks on your brand name or you can send traffic directly to the storefront from headline search ads, then they now see almost like your mini website and they can discover new products. So I definitely think that as you are building, you can take advantage of that. At the same time, it's not for me at this point, it's not enough for me to rely only on that. Meaning, you know, there could be a product where on my website, I would add that product because somebody is coming to my website and they're already seeing, you know, one product and now I can add a related product. So let's say for, let's use water bottles or something silly like that. Yeah. Let's use an example. So let's say I'm in the outdoor uh, niche and I'm selling like grills or some products like that that are doing well on Amazon. They're starting to do well on my website. Now I could add a barbecue glove to my website and somebody might buy the grill and a grill brush and, and some other products like that might see the, the barbecue gloves and, and add them on. Amazon is not sort of Amazon is not that experience all the time unless they're in my storefront. So I can't rely just on that and bring in barbecue gloves to Amazon because that's super competitive and maybe I can't differentiate it very much and it wouldn't make sense to bring that product to Amazon. So I can't at this point in my sort of uh, brand life cycle, I'm not getting enough of that, you know, brand searches where I could say somebody's searching for my brand. So they're going to find my grill and they're going to find my barbecue gloves and, and they'll buy both mm-hmm. and that's enough. So I, I, I think you need to still look at the data on Amazon, unless you have a brand where you start really getting traction, where a lot of people are searching for your brand name, then you could start to potentially come in and compete on some of those products because you have enough searches for people looking at your at your brand. So, like a Nike with they exactly. can sell shoelaces and shirts because right. people are sur- okay. But but if you're selling uh, uh, Steve's water bottle and it's doing well, that doesn't mean they're looking for Steve's straws or whatever, right? I mean that makes sense. Correct. But I might be able to sell some additional units of that product every month because somebody discovered my Amazon storefront or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I might get some incremental sales. But at this point for me, my brand is not on a big enough level where I can only rely on that. But it's possible to get there. Have Uh, you seen? Well, yeah, I was going to ask that question. Have you seen uh, other brands that, you know, people? I don't want to go to big brands. I want to talk about people. Yes. That have been able to really, that's cool. Yeah. So a uh, good friend of mine, I'll be seeing him for dinner tomorrow night. Paul Miller, you know, Paul, Oh, Mr. Cozy uh, phones, Mr. Cozy phones. There are a lot of searches for cozy phones on Amazon, thousands of searches uh, a month, probably at least. So when he launches a new product, he's got less work to do on Amazon and he has, you know, public relations uh, company that's doing outs, you know, like getting influencers and blog articles and things like that. So he's doing things right. He's building an audience. He's got, uh, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of people on their Facebook page who like their Facebook page. So when they want to, when they add a new product to Amazon, it's a little bit easier because people are already searching for the brand name and then they can discover 
that product can come up on the first page under the, you know, or the second page under the brand name search and people can kind of scroll through. So that's where, uh, you know, I think if you're, if you're building, the more you do outside of Amazon, the more people are going to come to Amazon and just search for the brand, I think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, so, so you can get to that point, right? Uh, you know, cozy phones is a company that started, you know, few, only a few years ago. And they're able to take advantage of this. So this, uh, and I, uh, my prediction is that you know, 2019, 2020, you really are going to have to focus more on brand building in order to have success on Amazon. I think uh, Paul's a great example of somebody who's only working on. Well, you would be too, um, other than all the coaching and stuff you do, but are mm -hmm. working on developing that brand to its capacity. And to me. That's that's the difference between that's an outlier, right? I mean, mm -hmm. when, I used to think he's crazy. He's always traveling and he's going to so many conferences and so many learnings and he's in so many masterminds just like you. And yet, as he tells me uh, over a, a little martini or a Tito's or something, <laughs> is that he gets something from each one of them and he comes back and makes minor tweaks to his business and it's exploded. He doesn't pack boxes or in his case bags. He doesn't do all those things, although he sweats it. He doesn't, and I mean, I think that that's, you're right, that's a great example of somebody who's doing it. Let me ask you this, because this is something I was thinking about, too, and, and I want to compare a couple and, of years ago. And by ago. the way, what, oh, go ahead. What, you said, what you said there. Uh, you're I, guilty I, of that, too. I mean, 100%. Yes, what you said there, and, you know, I, w I went to a recent personal development uh, event, uh, nothing to do with Amazon, just networking. By the way, I made some great connections at that event, uh, including a person at my table that referred their brother to our, who has some products on Amazon that, um got into our course, um, including a person at our table that's a branding expert that's helping me with like, uh, packaging design right now. Yeah, I mean, some awesome. really good, some really good networking. But one of the one of the biggest quotes I took away from that uh, during someone's presentation was that the only thing different in your life in five years is going to come from the books you read and the people you meet. And I totally believe that. Uh, you know, I've had some meetings this week in New York, and somebody introduced me to this concept of reaching out to uh, companies that had that do these subscription monthly box, right? They curate products from different sources and reaching out to them to wholesale your product to them gave me some, some, a couple of uh, good uh, businesses that I should reach out to that have like huge audience. Uh, so like all the, these little ideas that you get that can kind of spark something big only comes from meeting other people. Um, so I'm a big believer in getting away from your computer, going out and, and networking and not just within the Amazon world, right? There's other, there's so, so much else out there. Well, I, I, because of you um, and Paul, I joined a mastermind. I guess it's coming up on a year. And for me, it's all content people, uh, TV mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's been phenomenal though, because it's completely outside of the selling world and their perspective it's refreshing because I, th you know, I think sometimes we get too close to what we do. We, mm -hmm. we get so myopic, we're not looking outside. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, what about this? And what about, I'm like, I never right. thought about it, you know? Hmm. Absolutely. All right. Let me ask you this, because I think this is, this is, I think you have a good perspective on this. In the old days, sourcing, then manufacturing, and then marketing, really bringing a product to market, right? Those three stages. How, you know, compare it to two years ago. You know, how much time did you spend on sourcing and then manufacturing? Because I would believe that one of the big advantages of having done private label so much, working with so many different types of products, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, materials, uh, you know, mm -hmm. or, um, I don't even know the right word I want to use, um, not clothing, but that type of uh, 
Fabric. Yeah, That's it. Te- fabric. Text- textile. Textiles, right. Textile. Wood products. Wood, I mean, glass, yep. Yep. plastic. You've done mm-hmm. all those different things. Right. And so as I sit back and I think about that, that piece of it, you've, you've identified manufacturers. You've, you've learned the lingo, or at least even through osmosis, you picked up quite a bit of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the middle piece to me would seem to be a really big advantage. But the beginning piece, the sourcing, you know, finding the right products on Amazon to, to, to create, and then the marketing side. How different is it today than what it would have been two years ago? I mean, do you get what I'm asking? It's like, would you have spent a lot of time finding products to sell back then where today it's less time because you're spending so much more on marketing? Do you get my question? Yes. So there's a couple of different components to this. So today I can give you, and what I'm going to be kind of uh, talking to uh, our inner circle group, you know, we have this private group on our, on our webinar next week is building your product pipeline for 2019. And it gets a lot easier to build that product pipeline when you already have an existing successful product. So today, without doing any research, I could list out for you 20 products that I, that I want to launch for 2019. And I don't 20, know. If 20 products, 20 products. I, I don't know that I'll get to 20 products. related to what your, your two brands. Related- Related to the two brands, uh, including a new brand that I'm working on with a, with a partner who uh, you probably have had on the show, Kellyanne. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Right, yeah. um, so we have a, a new brand there, but I can I can list out to you, even though I, I probably with this with this uh, one of my brands, uh, you know, launching 20 products probably is not realistic. These are higher priced products. I'm also now in Europe, so I need to have inventory for both Europe and U.S. It takes more capital, so I don't know. But 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 in theory, I could take 20 20 products. And put them there, and also it requires capital, right? So uh, I have, I don't have an investor in this; it's all, all based on cash flow. So I'll probably end up launching seven new products, let's say, in that in that one brand, or you know, something like that. But the point is that it's very easy for me now that I know the niche to I don't I'm not really spending a lot of time on product research because I have existing brands mm. and I kind of know the next products that I already could launch, and it's just really a matter of prioritizing, like looking at my looking at which products I might eliminate, um, you know, from possibly eliminate. For example, I have one one product that um, I actually bought out from somebody else. I had this story. Somebody was infringing on my uh, patent and I made a deal with them. I just bought out their product from them and it turned out it wasn't great quality. So I'm going to have to get rid of that product. Um, and, and, you know, there's certain things I'm just not going to keep and then what's going to replace that and what new products I'm going to add. But I don't need to really spend time on product research for new products for, for private label because I know my, the markets that I'm in and I know the opportunity. On the other hand, I'm also spending more time now because I know more on the manufacturing component. So it's almost like a, a blessing and a curse sometimes the more you know. Right. Because in the beginning, when you are starting private label, you talk to a supplier, they tell you you're going to do this for you. You're all you don't know the potential problems you may face with a product or you don't know if you're a first time manufacturing in China. You don't know the potential quality issues you might have. Then you do an inspection and you learn on what the issues are. Hopefully you do an inspection. Right. And you learn what the issues are. And then you start saying, well, we need to fix this and this and this. So now when I have a new product, I have QC criteria. I have a I have a one page document and sometimes it takes doing that first inspection if it's a new product you've never done before and you don't know the niche niche at all but now that i already know my niche when i have a new product i have qc criteria that i need the factory 
to or the trading company whoever it is to agree to so there's more work in terms of the more you know meaning setting up that qc criteria um on the and on this the, is custom criteria end. for you i mean so you i mean because an inspection company will give you hey we'll do these five things an inspection company wants to hear from you uh you know what are you looking for? Right. What are the potential problems, right? And then they'll then they'll go in. If you don't give them the potential problems, that's fine. They'll go in. They'll take pictures. They'll look at things. They'll find things on their own. But you know, now that now that I know more, there's other things I think about. I have a new factory or a new product that I'm going to deal with. I might want to do a social audit, something I never did before. Now when Ooh. I start, I even know what it was. But I want to send somebody in before I even place an order with that factory. Maybe I got a sample. The sample looked good. Now I want to send somebody in before I even deal with that. Because maybe when somebody goes there and sends me pictures of what the factory actually looks like and the mess there and the way it looks, I don't want to deal with them because the factory is a mess. I don't think mass production is going to go very well there. Or you know, maybe they don't have good working conditions for their employees. Or So this is called a, a social audit. That's something I would do. So like the more you know, the more you're aware the more you kind of know of some of the potential pitfalls and you know, you want to make sure that you're doing things the right way. But at the end of the day, this is going to lead to a better quality product than somebody who doesn't have that knowledge that didn't go through that process. And that's, you know, that ordered a product that, you know, how many, what percentage of people are doing private label and not even doing an inspection, right? Uh, because they don't know. And every time they don't, well, I don't say every and time. Every time they don't, they're taking a risk because there's this thing, quality fade. Uh, right. You know, a, a, right. a factory in China sees you're not doing inspections. Well, that means they're going to try to maybe, maybe cut a corner. Maybe they're changing the material a little bit and think you're not going to realize, and they're going to, you know, it'll it'll lower their cost. So the more you are strict up front and show them that you are very serious about a quality product, the more you're likely to to get that. And if they agree to QC criteria and inspection fails, then you can get them or try to negotiate with them to pay for that second inspection or so so there's a lot so now that I do a lot more work up front when I'm looking to source a product from a factory as opposed to when I started two years ago like I don't know if on my first order if I ever did inspection or knew about inspections mm -hmm. or or did any of that you know and so it was like okay I went to a factory spoke to somebody on Alibaba sent me a sample sample looks good got, good let's place an order let's right? go and it, let's and go it was like and it was like easy but at the same time, you're taking on a much big, much higher level of risk. And through obviously sometimes learning the hard way, you do you don't do an inspection. You get an order that's you know uh, that that you have products in there. You start getting complaints from customers. You quickly learn the hard way that you you know that quality is one of the biggest things that you need to kind of be on top of and ensure when you're dealing with uh, with China, especially if you're building a brand, right? Especially I mean, this if is you're building a brand because you know. When you're doing RA or OA or when you're doing wholesale, it's like, okay, if the listing ultimately starts to go from four and a half stars to three stars, then your stuff is just not going to sell as fast. But eventually you'll sell out of this product and like you just probably won't find another it. one. Right. You'll find another one. You won't reorder it or, or whatever. Right. This is now your brand. You might have a thousand units in inventory, 2000 units in inventory. And if your four and a half stars or your four stars goes to three, you're not in a good position. You're, you know, and especially early on with a product, you you get a few, you know, you get one one star review as your first review. You know, you are in a very very difficult position. So ensuring all this with private label is super super important. Some products are more complex than others, and um, so there's there's a lot to so so now there's a lot of preparation that you need to do 
in order to you know get that high quality that that you want. So I don't spend. So I would say I spend. I don't spend a lot of time on product research, but I'm more focused on my product quality. How about uh, marketing now? I mean, because you know you mentioned uh, the social media aspects that you're using. Um, I don't know if you said Pinterest, but I know Instagram and, and those other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've really become a, an important part. Facebook ads. They've really become an important part to bring a product. Used to be right when you when you launched on Amazon. Amazon did everything for you. Now, you know, I don't care what product you're launching. There's a competitor running an ad on your page. Period. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know what percentage of ad revenue, what percentage of revenue advertising is for Amazon, but it's absolutely growing, right? Leaps and bounds. Yes. So you're doing stuff outside of that too. What what percentage now, I mean, is that pretty significant for you? No. Really? Um, it, it's it's not. Um, and and the, the reason is because, you know, early on this year, I uh, hired an agency uh, uh, okay. and spent, spent a pretty good amount of money on Facebook ads to like Shopify. Um, and honestly, the conversions were just not so great. And so I pulled back on it and I said, I'm gonna just go back and focus on Amazon. So right now I'm not doing a lot of Facebook ads. Um, I, um, I've done some throughout the year, but I'm not doing a lot, but I, we are posting on social media. I've run some contests and things like that in order to get you know likes to the page. So I've used something like Wishpond for example, to do some contests where people can, you know, enter in, they have to like the page, they, you know, so I've gotten likes on the page and then now we post, uh, you know, every week we have at least one or two posts on, on the, uh, on the social media pages. Um, and we do get some engagement. So we had a recent post that got like 19 comments and like a few shares for me, that's like pretty good engagement on a, on a Facebook page for my brand. So, uh, and you know, I have seen, this fourth quarter, uh, you know, some sales, uh, I mean, I'm getting now sales regularly and every day on my Shopify, nothing that even comes close to, to matching Amazon, but I'm getting sales every day now on Shopify. And I believe that's coming from, from social media. Um, so it's doing something, but it hasn't been a major, uh, a major focus. Um, although I am, you know, in the process of, uh, taking a course related to, you know, Facebook marketing, um, and Amazon. And that is something that I want to do more of for 2019, but I want to learn how to do it better myself. Um, hiring an agency just didn't work for me. Well, I think the communication is there's always something lost in that, especially when you're not the giant brand. How about Mm -hmm. this? I was thinking about this when you're saying that is the advice that you give or that you do is try to do everything or do each well, because I'm sitting here thinking about that. Cause what you said about, you know, Hey, we got to add a Shopify store. Hey, you should be selling on Walmart. You should be over in Europe. You should be in Canada. Hey, what about Japan later on? Right. All mm-hmm. those different things, all those mm-hmm. distractions. What you just said is that, wait, not these other things just didn't bring enough return so I'm focusing on Amazon. Is that because you haven't reached capacity on Amazon and therefore that's the better return for yeah. now? Definitely have not reached capacity on Amazon because again, you know, I have these, I have additional products that I, that I want to, uh, that I want to utilize. And yeah, definitely did not reach, have not reached capacity, uh, on Amazon. And, and the answer is that I don't think you should be trying to spread yourself thin and go in 10 different directions. Um, I didn't start Europe till very late this year. 
because my focus is because it's always it's sort of been a question of where am I putting my money? Am I launching a new product in the U.S. or am I or am I buying a lot more inventory to be able to send to to Europe? And so I think you should first before you do I think you should start with Amazon and you should focus on Amazon. You should focus on having you know a one successful product and then going to your next successful product. And after a year or after some time, uh, you know then or, or if you want to have a Shopify site, fine, do it. But don't go and spend thousands of dollars on like outside marketing now and think that now that you have a website, you need to start marketing and, you know, focus on Amazon. To me, Amazon is much easier because you have the consumer trust, you have traffic, you have it's just a lot easier. You know, when you when you have a website, you need to think about building a site that's going to convert, that's going to get somebody's trust. They have no idea who you are. Like all these things are components, uh, conversion optimization, right? Like all these things are components of a, of a successful website, and it's not something that I think you could just put up there and like the sales are going to, you know, come in. So if you want to have a website, yeah, it's not magic. So if you want to have a website, just if somebody Google's you or something, and you want to have like a you know nice looking website, you spend five hundred or a thousand bucks on like having somebody build you a Shopify site or or, or whatever. Fine, do it. But don't lose focus. I, I think your best opportunity starting out is Amazon. And if you're in the US, Amazon US. If you're in Europe, launch in Europe or or launch in the US, start with one of those and then, you know, and then move on. But uh, for me, Amazon is always, you know, Amazon has always done very well. And when I've, you know, tried to kind of when I've tried to do my website or just get like really good sales on my website it hasn't hasn't worked as well um so this year i'm probably going to uh attempt but i'm going to attempt probably to learn how to do it myself better um and and not you know go with an agency that's going to require you know four thousand a month you know minimum to kind of work with them and uh and test so uh, i wouldn't uh in my opinion focus on amazon and yeah don't go into you know, Japan and Europe and, and do all these things all at once. You're going to spread yourself too thin. I would say focus on first having one, you know, successful product, move on to your next one. And then when you have five, six successful products, then start thinking, okay, what else can I do here? Yeah. Then you can build them out. Yeah. You know, um, you touched on it earlier about networking. Um, and I, I want to just go just a smidge deeper on that. So like, like a Paul Miller, mm -hmm. um, that relationship, you get as much from Paul as he does from you. Right. Is that fair? Because it, Paul's an expert on licensing, for example. Right. He does, yes. He's really done it. He's done it more than once. He's replicated and he's hit home runs uh, with mm -hmm. with uh, uh, Paul Patrol and those guys. Right. And so I think that that's the key is that you are, you know, that you're hanging around with the five, you know, the five people you hang with. It, but you're putting effort to really get around um, people that are operating at a high level. Right. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, at this like at this point, you know, when I go to an event or but you're giving as much. I, I just want to qualify that you're giving as much as you're getting. Yeah, so I don't want to. You're not taking advantage. You're giving it to. Yeah. Yes. And and at this point, when I go to an event, it's to yeah. You, you never know the person that you're going to meet or the person that you meet that will introduce you to somebody. And so I don't really come in with like an expectation other than meeting people and talking to them. And yeah, sharing with, you know, sharing with them and, you know, sort of learning, learning from each other. Um, you know, I, when I was in my, when I had an insurance business, uh, I used to be part of BNI and one of BNI's sort of, their motto is giver's gain. And I, I believe in that. If you add value to somebody else, there's this law of reciprocity that 
they're going to want to add value back to you. And, uh, you know, and it kind of goes back to that, uh, to that statement of the only thing that's going to change your life is the people that you meet and, uh, those relationships. Uh, Tony Robbins says the same thing, right? That, you know, you, you, you get everything you want through, through others. And so, um, you know, I, I strongly believe in that and networking has led to like so many powerful things. And yeah, I met, I met Paul through my friend Kellyanne, who now we're, we're building a brand together. I met Kellyanne at a high level mastermind. She introduced me to Paul. Paul introduced me to the licensing show. I mean, and, and to, to so many other people. And so I'm a strong believer because I've seen it sort of manifest in my, you know, in my, but it's purposeful know, years of Amazon. Yes, it's purposeful. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, and I think that's important for people to get. Um, Andy, it doesn't happen on. By, it doesn't happen by accident. Right. No. No. I agree. And you got to put your. You got to be a little vulnerable too. You got to put yourself out there. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. You're. You are. While you. You. You can be bold, but you're shy, right? I mean, you are a little bit shy. Yeah. 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 That's real. No, I mean, I, I think there's. I think, I, there's definitely a level of being uncomfortable going up to somebody you've never met before and saying hello. Right. Right. I, I think probably for, for a lot of us and I have, you know, that same thing. You know, Andy has told me that for him, especially on the brands that he's building right now, that going to China was a game changer for him. Now you've been there a couple of times, but it was a, it just changed his whole world. What would you say about, especially your last trip to China and you guys have an upcoming trip we can talk about in a minute, but what would you say that it's done for you? It's a, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, definitely there, there's a few aspects of going to China that I think are worthwhile and I'll also add a, a caveat to, to it. So I didn't go to China until, uh, about a year or so after I got into like private labeling. So I'm not one to say that, you know, you want to get into private label, you have to go to China. I, I don't necessarily agree to that, especially depending on what kind of money you're kind of playing with, right? If you have $5,000 that you want to start with and that's all you have, going to China is, is not the best uh, not the best idea because it's going to cost you money to go there and, and all that. Um, at the same time, for me, the first, uh, for me going to China uh, has been very powerful in terms of like establishing relationships with my suppliers, being able to go to the factory to see the operations, to build a, a more trusting face-to-face relationship. There is nothing in my mind that you can do online that compares to a face-to-face, you know, relationship with your supplier to being at the factory, to being in their showroom, to going out to to dinner with them. Uh, you're just building a relationship. And then when a problem arises down the line, they know you, they met you, they trust you. You're more likely to get things like terms. I mean, there's so many benefits to, to being there. So that's one. And so I would say, you know, if you've had a relationship with the supplier for six months or more, you're reordering from them, et cetera, it makes sense at some point to think about, you know, can I, it doesn't make sense for me to go out there and meet them. And maybe you could do it around the same time as maybe like a Canton fair or, or, you know, some kind of trade show that's there or global sources in Hong Kong, uh, or, or something like that and sort of kill two birds with one stone. Um, the other part that's, that, uh, you know, has been successful for me is going to a place like the Canton fair to discover new products, to see what else is out there, to compare suppliers to my supplier. Um, so I think it's been very powerful and uh, very much worthwhile to to go there, um, to be able to participate in trade shows there, to see to see new products again, to compare quality from what you're doing to your to your supplier, and then and then meeting your supplier face to face. Because I think there are certain things that will uh, come out of that 
relationship that don't happen on you know Skype or, or WeChat. For example, uh, I went to see my supplier uh, this summer in June. This summer in June, Andy and I went to China. We both went to see our suppliers separately. We flew there together, then both kind of went on our own. And and then in October, we went to the Canton Fair, uh, took a small group. But um, in June, you know, I'm sitting in my supplier and he says, let me show you some stuff. And he brings out from, from another room some samples that other companies have made and decided like not to make those products, some unique products, stuff that they showed me there that they never showed me before. That during Skype it didn't come up to say, hey, you know what? Let me get these products out and show you some stuff that are that some people, you know, just decided to get a sample from us on on these like designs and these things that that aren't you know that aren't protected, they're not patented. There's no sort of like anything uh, wrong with that. And showing me those products, say, hey, is this something you're interested in maybe making for your brand? And you get some ideas and you work and you collaborate. And um, you know, we were sitting together actually, and we were looking at Amazon and like what products can we? It was at the time in June. And this is part of the way I, how I developed a seasonal product that has done very well for me this Q4 and, and sold out. We were sitting there and looking at Amazon. I was showing them some things and bestseller ranking. And I was saying, okay, let's make this product. Can you make this product for me? Because I think this will do really well in, in Q4. And so those are the kind of uh, conversations and relationships that can potentially come out of being face-to-face -face with a supplier. So, um, you know, I think going to China both to visit your existing suppliers and to find and discover new products uh, could be can be really beneficial as well as the the outside things that happens in, in China. For example, Chris Davy, um, I've gotten to be friendly with him. He does a big meetup, uh, you know, in China during Phase Two and Phase Three of the Canton Fair. There's like a couple hundred sellers that go to this you know bar at night and are all networking, right? Those kind of things that happen, and those the people that are there are more serious sellers. They've made a trip to China, so. There's, there's there's several components, networking, new products, relationships with suppliers that can happen out of making the trip. And so there's the things that, you know, almost like the intangibles that I think you can really get out of, you know, making a trip like that. And it's it's a significant investment in both time and resources. However, the way you're describing it is the fact that you're a little more mature in your business. Now you get to really... Uh, fine-tune by going there and to me that that's very exciting because again it's just gonna because the changes you're making are small little changes however they have a, a pretty big impact right you're tweaking right and so I think that's reasonable I want to get to two a couple more things I just want to make sure we get time in for this um, sure one um, you do some high-level coaching and so I mean, I know I don't think people really know that, um, so I'm not embarrassed to say it. I mean, I I've met some of the people that you coach, and it's unbelievable um, the level that some of their business has gotten to already. Does that keep you? I mean, do you get as much from coaching as you do? Uh, per, I mean, do you get personally as much helping somebody and then seeing that? I mean, is that very rewarding for you? Other than the, the yes. course, and we could talk about it. I mean, yes. amazing freedom separately. But this is just Leron. So, I mean, again, uh -huh. if somebody's interested, and Steve doesn't benefit other than seeing success, if you're interested in a high-level coach because you listen to the Yoda, um, I don't think people know that you do that. Correct. Um, people don't know that I do that because I, it's not something that I advertise or put out there because, uh, one, my time is limited. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, do you do some consulting or coaching, um, then, you know, if I have the time, then I can take it on. But majority um, of the time you're saying no, correct? 
Um, no, not necessarily, but like, it's not like I get, you know, 10, 20 people coming to me every week asking me if I do coaching. I had one person this week, they have a new product, they have a capital investor behind them for potentially for this new product. They're, uh, they've never had a capital investor and they don't have experience with this type of product. I actually do. And they asked me if I do some consulting and when the time is right, when they get down to actually doing this deal with this capital investor, if that's something they can come to me with. And I said, yes. Um, so sometimes I get, you know, so it kind of depends on the, on the situation, but it's not, again, it's not like I get, you know, 10 people coming to me a week, uh, with coaching, but I have some coaching clients that I have regular weekly. In fact, before this call, I had a, I had a coaching, uh, client that, um, you know, yes, it's very rewarding to see because um, I helped them from the beginning to find potential uh, to find a private label product. Uh, he, I helped him narrow down the choices. I helped him uh, launch a product, and he's having a successful Q4 with that product right now. Um, and even before Q4, he launched it maybe in September, October, I think. Um, and the product has done very well, and that is yes, super rewarding for me. And you get see. sharper. Yes, yes, and I have to learn myself all the new things that are available, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll give you an example. We were talking about, on the call before this, uh, we were talking about his PPC and about the new four targeting options that are in auto campaigns. So if you set up a new auto campaign now, you'll see in targeting there are like these four options and you can actually create bids for different categories of like similar products, um, uh, loosely related products that are now available. Um, We talked about product targeting beta that's now in the manual campaign and sponsored product ads and how you can utilize that. and And he hasn't set that up yet, so I'm encouraging him to set that up. I showed him my own campaigns, um, so I'll get a little bit deeper in terms of like showing my products and you know when I when I have these like sort of coaching relationships. Um, and but yeah, it's very rewarding to see somebody that you coach have success with a product and do well with it. And so so I get a lot out of it. And yeah, I do need to. It does sort of keep me on my toes in terms of uh, in terms of having to stay up to date with you know, what's available to us. There's a new feature now in sponsored products called portfolios that you could set up and what the advantages of that are. And we spoke about that. Uh, we spoke about this product pipeline for 2019 that we're going to create. So yeah, it does definitely, it does definitely keep me on my toes. And it's also very rewarding when I see somebody have uh, success with it. It's cool to watch from, you know, my little perch, I get to watch these things. And when I see it, and I actually know the person or whatever, it's like, wow. I mean, it's, it's just neat to me. Okay, so the, la- the last th- uh, two things, out. I guess one thing I'm going to finish up with is that you guys are going to launch your course. So Amazing Freedom, um, they're going to launch the course very soon, and uh, this is December. Um, this is mid-December, and so usually it's a January launch, and, and you guys, man, you guys have had a tremendous number of people go through the course, and what's very cool to me is the success because I'm in the in the, the group, and I see the mm-hmm. successes, and it's just like it. It's very heartwarming. So this is where Steve does benefit. So I am going to put this little <laughs> out here um, because um, and I by appreciate. The way, oh, go ahead. And by the way, yeah, you totally should benefit because uh, one, you know, as I'm going through through this interview, I'm thinking of how uh, I think you're one of the best interviewers in this sort of That's podcast game. Um, and also the amount of value that you're adding to your audience by giving, you know, this this free value added content every, every single week. And so as you introduce things to your audience, you absolutely, you know, uh, should, should benefit from it. But you know, yes, you're adding, you're adding value, you know, every, every single week, 
Um, well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. That means a lot coming from you, who uh, gets the best from me every single time. <laughs> he, he, no, he does, and and I, and I appreciate that because you know you have pretty high standards. Um, so, so the deal this time is uh, so the, there's no difference in cost. I mean, you buy it through me, I benefit. Period. I always say that that you guys pay me, so I never hide that fact. I'm always very careful about that. But I talked to Andy and I asked him for something just a little bit special. And so um, you have to private message me, and I'll I'll put a commercial out. I don't know if I'll have it on this episode, but in the next couple. Um, but if you private message me, I'll I'll put you on this little list, um, and I'll prep your order personally, me, my wife, and my son in our warehouse. So you can have your first order up to a thousand units. I'm going to say I don't want you to send you know giant tractor trailer loads to the warehouse, but we have a loading dock, so you don't have to pay any special fees. Um, and I'll prep it for you. Um, I'll do cursory inspection, all the stuff that we normally do. However, then Andy, and you don't even know this, Leron, is Andy, yeah, I don't. Andy and I, <laughs> well, this is, this is good. I didn't commit you to anything, although you're welcome to join us. Um, Andy and I will get on a two-hour conference call. We'll do a two-hour conference call. We'll be in the warehouse. And anybody who comes through this link will get on the phone and you can join the call and we'll do deep dives. And that's when you can ask questions all the way through from the beginning to the end um, in a private call. Additional, in addition to all the other things that you get with the group. So it's a little special. I asked him for something just a little bit special to if somebody's interested in joining through me. And then you have access to me and in, in the the confidence that I have with these guys, um, which is always awesome that whenever I message, I always get an answer immediately. I don't even say almost immediately, especially if I do it at night, because you and Nate are always awake and always ready to answer questions. So if you're interested in that, just private message me, and then I'll have you added to the list um, before we mark it to death to you. Um, but I think it's very cool, and I'm very excited about it, because again, when I sit back and I watch the people that are having success, you know, the retreats and the stuff, all the stuff you guys do, um, it's been phenomenal. And I don't want to miss this, too, is that you do have another opportunity to go to China um, in, I think it's April, correct? Yes. In April. So yes. if you're interested in that. And so those, these are the things that you're going to find in the, it's, it's amazingfreedom.com, right? So you that's that's part of it. And I'm not going to mention the course here again. You just prime message me because it's not launched yet. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to add something about the course, something that we're doing very differently. Um, you know, the course is ripe for an update. Um, and uh, because of because it really needs, uh, you know, things change on Amazon. Right. So uh, one of the benefits you get uh, when you join the course is that you get the updates uh, continue as we as we as we update the course if we update the course for the next five years you'll continue to get those those updates um, but what we're doing and Amazon is constantly changing like we just spoke about these things that are available to you now in 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 PPC that weren't available you know six months ago and so that needs an update um, and so what we're doing is we're going to be doing sort of like a, a live update to the course uh, which we're calling uh, a live boot camp so in January we're going to do nine weeks of sort of live from week one to um, you know to 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 nine weeks of taking you through everybody together, not just giving you course and the videos, but taking you through live web live webinars where we're going to go from um, actually week one is almost going to be like a pre intro. Um, that's for people who maybe have not really don't know Amazon that well, probably not your audience very much, but it's going to be all about the basics of seller central and, and things like that. But from week two, finding private label products, uh, week three, vetting products, 
pre-launch strategies. We're going to talk about ranking and traffic, including outside traffic, sponsored ads and PPC, uh, marketing strategies, Amazon giveaways, influencers, coupons, promo codes, lightning deals, all these things, review follow-up emails, um, building your brand on Amazon with like advanced tactic, headline ads, targeting ads, all, all these things. We're going to take you through um, nine weeks of, uh, of a live bootcamp. Um, and of course, those webinars are live. You can answer questions. You can ask questions. There's going to be recordings. You can uh, follow up in our inner circle group with that. So um, it's pretty exciting because we've never done this uh, before and sort of like taking people through the course, but in a live week by week um, environment. And of course, again, you'll have access to the, to the course. This, this will then probably update the course. And then also, obviously, it's all recorded and you can go at your own at, uh, at your own pace. Um, but we're going to we're going to kind of. Uh, take you through the process so that you go from the beginning to you know the last step with everybody else that's joining at the same time um, and also this will be for our existing members uh, a great refresher so these are the kind of things we do in in the in the inner circle group we do monthly webinars every single month um, answer questions I usually do a Facebook live in the group every week uh, with something that's you know that I'm doing in my business or that we're updating so uh, I'm really excited about this boot camp because I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a little bit different and a little bit more interactive part of our of our training. I appreciate that you know you're willing to say hey I'm not letting it just sit and get stale it needs a refresher yeah. it needs an yeah. update that's yes. not what most and I'm not criticizing others but that's usually people just set it and forget it and you know things change and and let's face it things change by the day in Amazon and so so it's very cool um, again, that you guys update it, and then you continue on. The things that I see, too, in the group are you get to ask the stupid question that you're afraid to ask, or somebody else asks it, and then you're like, wait, you can ask a question like that? Yes, because, I mean, it's not stupid if you don't understand it, right? Right. <laughs> there, there are no stupid questions. It's very cool. So, again, if you private message me, well, I'll, uh, I'll put you on a people. secret list. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> um, but you private message me, and I'll put you on my little secret list, and, uh, um, and I'll get you a link. Um, and I would appreciate that. And I would say, you know, don't underestimate the value of a two-hour call like that because – Oh, yeah, because um, you could get really specific. Yes, because those individual questions that you might not want to ask in a group environment, you might want to say, hey – this is the product I'm considering. You might not want to share that with, you know, 250 other people that are in our private group. But in a, you know, and we do have, uh, I'll say we do have this product evaluation guide that you can submit to us as, as part of the course too, where you get, we get to vet your idea. So you can submit a form to us with what product you're thinking about and we and we vet that. Um, so you can certainly do that in the course, but there's this aspect of this live coaching that, um, you know, yeah, usually if I'm going to do a live one-on-one -on -one coaching call, I'm going to have to charge for that because that's my time. I could be doing other things. And so um, a two-hour call, I wouldn't underestimate the amount of value um, you know, for that call. And it doesn't need to be a call that you have the first day you're in the course. You can take advantage of this call two months in after you've done some product research, yep. you're ready, you're thinking about five potential product ideas, and now you sit down with um, Steve, Andy. If I'm available, I'll, I'll jump on it too. And we can then go very deep into exactly what you're doing, where you might not want to post that kind of question in, uh, in a more public group. So uh, there's a lot of value uh, in that. And the same goes for the prepping. I mean, your first shipment doesn't have to be the one that you send me. I mean, you might want to get yours usually sent by air to you anyway. And then when you're ready, you can have the pallet shipped here, containers. Uh, we can receive all that. So, all right. Very cool. So if somebody wants to follow up, I'm going to put your Facebook contact um, and amazingfreedom.com is the website. Um, it's, it's where you guys 
preach. Uh, the Facebook group is free to join, but you guys make sure that they're real, correct? Yes. Amazing There's freedom. Little... Yes. We, we have a vetting process. I would, you know, I'm kind of proud of the fact that we are one of the least spam yeah. spammy group out there because we don't, you know, we, we don't have uh, 30,000 members, but we also don't let anybody in. Uh, we don't just let anybody in, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, when people are joining, when, when there's freight forwarder people joining from China in the middle of the night, we don't let those people in. They're just going to, they're just going to be there to, to spam the group. Right. So we're more about, uh, you know, having a, uh, quality, quality type group. So there's about 12,000 sellers that are uh, in the group. And yes, we very much vet, um, to have as little, uh, spam kind of posts in the group as possible. Awesome. Well, man, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much, LeBron. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'll be seeing you soon. We're going. Uh, you're coming to New York, and uh, you go to see pictures forward. of us. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this will be out before or after. I think this maybe before. We'll see. I'll see what I can do. Okay. Right. Um, so yes, we'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in New York City uh, soon. Peace, my friend. Take care. And what a great guy. What a great story. And he's always willing to help. I don't care whatever question I have. And I get a lot of questions from a lot of people and I don't have a lot of the answers. So I reach out to the experts that I know. And whenever I ask, always an answer, 100% and always like, hey, have him reach out to me. Let me help him or whatever. I mean, just so giving. And I, I really appreciate what he said is givers gain, um, giver, givers gain value. And I added by helping others. And I just think that that is such a powerful statement. Great guy, uh, great story. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.